So grateful to see so many of you here on this morning and thankful to God for his blessings and his goodness, his kindness and his mercy that he's extended in our direction. And I'm excited about the word on this morning. Anybody need a word from the Lord this morning? Amen. I'm excited about God's word on this morning and grateful for the things that he is doing, the things that he has done, the things that he is continuing to do in our lives. And we want to share of his goodness on this morning. Amen. God is just so good to us. Amen. I said God is just so good. Sometimes it's, we get in a place where it's something that we just say. And we don't truly reflect upon the goodness of God. Something that we just say, we say God is good, but sometimes you really ought to think about just take a few moments to think about how good God has been, what, where God has brought you from, the things that God has brought you through, the ways that God has favored your life. And then a, a lot of times it's easier if you think where you could have been. If you think of where you could have been, Kirk Franklin says it, it could have been me. If we, if we begin to think of, of, of the tragedy that could have been in our lives, some of us should have been dead already, but God allowed us to live. Some of us should not be in our right mind right now, but God held us and kept us. He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Some of us should have lost faith a long time ago, but we, we understand that the just shall live by faith. Some of us should have lost our joy a long time ago, but we understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of us should have given up, but we recognize that when we're weak, that's when we're strong because we allow God to take over. I, I'm just saying, when you begin to think of what he's done for you, hallelujah, your hand goes up, your, your mouth opens, your, your feet get light because he's been so good. Somebody say, he's been so good. God has been so good. Whereof I'm glad, whereof I'm thankful, whereof I'm grateful, and I just cannot begin to speak of how good God has been to me. Come on, give the Lord another hand, praise. Amen, for his goodness, his mercy, and his kindness towards us. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord, but if you could follow us there in, in John. We're in St. John, looking at chapter four, and we'll begin at verse five. Again, that's St. John chapter four, and we will begin at verse five. Amen. I'm glad to see Brother Biggers back there. That just makes my heart glad. Good to see him on this morning. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I wonder with our older faithful saints, him and Mother Mary and Sister Henrietta and Sister and our, our church mother, amen, Mother Johnson, sometimes when I, I see them come, then I wonder what the excuses some of the others have. <laughs> I wish I had if, if they can make it. Amen. I'm, I'm wondering what is your excuse for not making it, but we'll actually get to that in a minute. St. John chapter 4, and we're going to begin looking at verse 5. And the word says, So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. 
A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have give, he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. Somebody say, you have nothing. And the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, open our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. Lord, let us be receptive in this moment. Lord, let us recognize this destiny moment as one of purpose and allow your word to drive us, to push us towards your promises, to illuminate the path of destiny that you've designed for each and every one of us. And most of all, Lord, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our thought for this morning is lost at the well. Somebody say that, say lost at the well. And we always have kind of a clarifying question, a question that I want you to, to think about is what you're after, is it waiting on you? The thing that you're after, is it waiting on you? I want you to think about that on this morning. When we see this woman, and for many of us, this is a familiar story, Jesus is at the well already. So notice when we say waiting. Jesus is already at the well before the, the Samaritan woman arrives. Just understanding the chronology of the story helps to give you some insight as to where we're going with this particular text. He's at the well. The disciples have left to go for food. And he's sitting there, and he's thirsty. And while he's thirsty, the woman of Samaria approaches him while he is waiting for the disciples. She approaches him, and he notes that she has come for the purpose. She has the utensils for which to gather water. So he asks of her, Will you give me something to drink? Will you give me something to drink? And I want you to think about this because we're going to cover a few topics on this morning. I, I want to talk to you about God asking things from you from an empty place. While, you're in, while you are empty, it seems like God asks things of you from an empty place. Have you noticed that in the, that in the Bible, God does that a lot? Remember, it was uh, Elijah who had been at, at the brook. And when the brook dried up, then he went to the woman who had no food. She was about to, she was about to eat a cake, and her and her son died. God, and God sent her there. God sent him, the prophet, to an empty place and asked her to give him something. Asked her to give him something first. She's saying, Lord, I don't have anything. Why would you come to me? In fact, if you went to my neighbor who's next door, they have more than I have. 
So why are you going to request things from me when I'm in an empty space, while I'm in an empty place? The woman who's coming to the well, obviously she has not had water herself. That's why she's going to refresh or refill her, 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 her sources from the well. But Jesus asked from her, can you give me a drink when she's obviously experiencing emptiness herself? And I say that because sometimes God does that of us. It seems like God wants something from us when we feel the most empty. Have you been there? When, because I know you said these words. You've said, Lord, I, I just can't right now. I just can't, Lord. I've given all that I can give. I've done all that I can do. I, I, I don't have anything else in me. Lord, why are you requiring something of me when you know I'm in an empty space? Well, you know, I'm in an empty place. It seems like when someone needs a little money, they always ask when you're down to your last. It's like, Lord, why? Why are you drawing from, from, from an empty place? It seems like somebody needs your attention just when you're almost on your last nerve. I wish I had a few witnesses out there. And, and, and you don't, you're like, Lord, I, I don't even have the patience right now to, to give unto them because I'm empty myself. I, I'm just trying to see where my real people are. Have you ever felt empty? And God required something of you when you were in an empty place. Sometimes when you're struggling with, with what you need to do relative to God, that's when somebody comes to you talking about what the, what, what, how do I be, how, how can I be saved? How, how can I live by faith? How, how can you hold your head up when everything around you is going wrong? And they ask you that right at the point where you feel like you're about to lose your mind. God, God, this ain't, this ain't, you, you, I, let me break it down. You've thought like this, Lord, this ain't the right time. Lord, there are some spaces where I feel a little more full than I feel right now. This is not the right time for me to be giving unto others. But Lord, why do you require something of me when I'm in an empty place? Uh, and let, me give you, let me give you God's miraculous answer to, to the question. The reason that God asks of things from you when you're in an empty place, because he knows when he feels it, everything they get is not from you, but it's from him. I want you to give it because you can't give what you, what you do not have. So sometimes God waits for you to feel empty and that, that's when he provides in your empty space. And then what you pour out to them is not from you, but it is from God. In other words, God allows you to get empty so that he doesn't pour from a diluted space. But whatever you're pouring is not what you have, but all that you can pour and all that you can give is nothing but God. God saying that, like the songwriter said, well, Lord, I, I've emptied out my cup so that, so that you can fill me up. God is saying when you're in an empty space and somebody asks of you, the only thing you can pour out is what I gave you. The only thing you can give is what I put inside your cup. So it's good to pour from an empty space because God says when I fill it, it's not you, but it's nothing but me. It's nothing but God. So then when I do that, what happens is not only do they give God praise, <laughs> forgive it for receiving what they need, but then you ought to give God praise because you know it's nothing but a miracle that God was able to provide when I was empty, when I felt like I had nothing. 
The other thing, the reason that God calls on you in an empty space is because he's letting you know that when, when I'm weak, then, then I'm strong. I'm allowing God to take over. God is letting me know that I'm stronger. I'm more resilient. I, I'm not more long-suffering than I think I am because it's not me, but I'm relying on him. I'm trusting him. I, I, I'm believing in him. I, I'm leaning on him to provide while I am yet in an empty space. And then I learned something in that space. Sometimes it takes you to getting empty to learn something. Sometimes when you're too full of yourself and you're too full of everything else, you don't, you're not open to learning. But sometimes it takes getting down to that emptiness for you to truly be in the consecrated place that you need to be with God. Oh, when you're empty, that's when, you, when you, you're showing up early to prayer service. When, when you're empty, that's when you're opening your Bible by yourself. You're dusting it off and, and trying to find some scriptures that speak to your situation. I'm talking about when you're in an empty space. Empty space will teach you that the place where I need to be is closer to God. When you get empty, when you get empty, I, I, I need God. When, sometimes when you're full, you think of other things. Okay, I, I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll go here, and I'll go there, and I, I'll go to other sources, and I won't have that thirst that I need to have for God. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. The heart is panting for the water because its resources are empty. And then it pants that its thirst might be quenched by the refreshing springs of the water brook. And that's how our hearts and our minds and our spirit, and a lot of times I talked about, I talked about that, uh, that emptiness, and now, now I want to talk about what our thirst should be for. Talk about emptiness, now let's talk about what our thirst should be for. Because we're all thirsty for something. The question is, have we truly identified the source of our thirst. Have we identified the source of our thirst? This, this woman goes, and, and, and it's, it's interesting, it's such a parallel for those who, who like literature and reading and, and grammar. It's such a parallel, a paradox here, because the woman is here to draw water from the physical well, and she comes up to Jesus, who is the well, sitting on top of the well. Y'all ain't gonna hear me. <laughs> Because he, he's talking about providing living water. So he has a, a, he has a well of living water. So the living water well is sitting on the natural well that holds the natural water. And, and the woman is coming with one bucket and only one intention. The only reason she came is she wanted the physical water. I, I need, I, I came for the natural water. Uh, and see, that's how you can tell the difference between some people in church, because some people aren't coming to listen to the word. They didn't come for the spiritual water. I wish I were talking to me. Uh, they didn't come for the spiritual water. They, they, they came for, for the conversation. They came to talk about other people. They came to see what other people were doing. They came to be physically and naturally content, but they didn't come to be spiritually content, so they're not here to hear the word. Now, I, I don't need a word. I'm not interested in the word. I'm not trying to get filled by the word. I told you it's just like people who, who, who are engaged in intercourse. Some of them want the activity but they don't want to get pregnant. Oh, y'all come in here with me. They enjoy the activity, but they don't want to get pregnant. A lot of people come to church, but they don't become impregnated with the word. It's because that's not what they came for. They didn't come for that. They didn't come. They came to show off their hat. 
They came to see if somebody's marriage was still working. They came to see if somebody was coming for that third Sunday in the row, or would they be missing? Y'all ain't going to hear about it. They heard a rumor on Facebook, and they want to see if it's true this morning. Y'all ain't going to hear about it. They came for natural water, but we have the well sitting on top of the well, and Jesus is saying, if you knew what you came for, I wish I were here. He said, you, you, he said, you would have been asking me for water. I wish I was talking. Instead of you, oh, y'all were not here with me. Instead of me asking you for water, because you don't know where your thirst emanates from. You don't know what your thirst came from. You don't, you don't know what you're thirsty for. So then I talked about emptiness and I talked about thirst, but let me talk a minute about substitution. Because when you don't know what your thirst is about, you will substitute it with other things. Uh, if you don't know that your heart is, is panning after Jesus, then you'll try to substitute it with things from the natural when you're trying to fill a spiritual void. Let me say that again. You'll try to feel, not use natural things to fill a spiritual void. And it does not work. You can't pour your natural water and, and, and fulfill a spiritual thirst. They're just not the same thing. I, I wish y'all were here with me. I, I, they're at the same pump. And, and uh, Brother Biggers can tell you, you can be, they're at the same pump. But that, that diesel and, and that unleaded gas, they work different. And one's not going to help the other. You better make sure you grab the right pump. Because you'll be putting something in your tank that hurts you if you don't grab the right thing. Grabbing the wrong thing. You're trying to fulfill a spiritual need with, 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 with natural water. And as a result, that's why we have a lot of drug addicts out there. They're trying to fulfill a spiritual need with, with something that is natural. You have a lot of people who, who are out there just like this woman getting in all types of relationships. Jesus tells the woman later, she said, you, you, have, you have five husbands and a sugar baby at your house right now. Because y'all ain't married. And y'all trying to figure some things out. And y'all gotten yourselves into a little situation. But, but you're not married. Because this woman was trying to fill her spiritual void with men. She thought that if I have a man, that validates my spiritual need. If I have a man, that, that, that covers up, come on here now, my, my own insecurities. Because if to the world I, I'm married, then that means somebody wants me. That means somebody else likes me, get this, when I'm not sure if I like myself. So, so, I, so I'm covering my spiritual deficiency with a person who runs interference for my spiritual thirst. Uh, I, I, I'm filling this boy with a man and, and that one didn't work, so I had to hurry up and go get another one because I didn't want my spiritual thirstiness to be exposed. So she went from man after man after man. And if you all think this is a sexual thing, then you're missing out on the point. This was a woman who had an emotional need. And she needed a man to cover up for the emotional thirst and spiritual need that she had deep down in her soul. 
So when, 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 when Jesus is talking to the woman, I mean, at least she married. He's not calling her a harlot. He, he's not calling her a woman of the streets. But when he talks to her and says, well, let me tell you this, you have had five husbands, and the one that you're with is not your husband, he's speaking to her spiritual thirst. So the well that's sitting on top of the well is speaking to the woman who came to satisfy her physical thirst, but he's speaking to her spiritual thirst. Let me say it again. We got the well, the well, Jesus, the living well, the living water sitting on top of the well that provides the natural water. The, the woman with, came to fulfill her natural need to get the well that was under the well. But Jesus said, let me speak to your spiritual thirst. So, so they're having two separate conversations. He said, well, I need something to drink. And she said, give me a, and she said where is your bucket? Why didn't you come to the well with something to draw from? And Jesus is saying, baby, you don't know who you're talking to. The woman said, said what do you mean? He said, if you knew who I was, you would have brought your spiritual bucket instead of your physical bucket because what I can give you is, is something that wells up to eternal life. You don't have to be thirsty again. You don't have to be thirsty again. You don't have to be going out trying to find another man to cover up for your emotional hurt, your, 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 your spiritual insufficiency from your thirst that's coming deep down from your soul. You, you wouldn't have to come for to seek another man to give that. I'll give you living water that will speak to your spiritual need. So if, and I'm going to come back to it again about the bucket. So she has a bucket, but the tool that she has, no matter how many times she uses it, won't satisfy her need. She keeps dipping in the natural well and coming up with water. And no matter how much of it she drinks, she's still thirsty. Uh, so she went and get another bucket and dips it down into the well. And then she drinks some more from that well. But she goes home and, and she's still thirsty. You know what it's like? This is like the person who came to church but didn't want to get pregnant. They came to the well. They ignored the spiritual well. They came to the physical well because they came for social interaction and to talk about people and to take pictures they can post online. Look at church clothes. They're trying, they went to the physical well, and then when they go home, they're still thirsty. Still thirsty. They still don't like themselves. They still aren't happy with the image they see in the mirror. They still talk to people crazy because they don't like themselves. They go home with emotional hurts. They go home and still have anxiety and are battling depression because they drew from the wrong well. Drew from the wrong well. And the thing that they needed was right in front of them. And that's not me. It's not the praise team. It's not the music. It's not the pews. It's not the walls. 
It's not the name. It's not the denomination, but it's Jesus. Because if you come in this house and, and don't have an encounter with Jesus, then something is wrong. Something wrong if you don't have an encounter with Jesus. That's what we come to, the water that we're offering. Yeah, we got, a, we got a water fountain in the back, but baby, we didn't all come to offer you natural water. We came to offer you living water. Somebody say living water. This living water where you won't have to thirst anymore, and something about that resonated inside that woman's spirit, and I don't think we tell the story right, because when Jesus says, I'll give you water that you won't have to thirst anymore, I believe that woman threw up her hands, dropped that bucket, and said, give me some of that water. I need, I, I, I need some of that water. I, I've been coming to this well for a long time, and my thirst has never been quenched, but give me some of, I wish I were here with give me some of that water. I, that's the water that I need. That, that's the water that I've been coming here for. That, that's the thing that'll satisfy everything that's been going wrong in my life. He's saying, Jesus, give me some of that water. And when Jesus said that, and, and the woman recognized that, the, the two things that I, that I would think of that happened there, not only did she throw her hands up, but then she dropped her bucket because she realized the tool that she'd been using wasn't working to satisfy her need. I, I wish I were here with me now. I wish you'd get this because what I'm telling you is some of you want to get to a higher place in God, but you have to recognize that what you're doing right now is not going to satisfy your thirst. Some of you want to go higher in God, and that means that little, that little prayer you do before you eat your food is not enough, but I need to do something greater. I need to do something more because I need some living water. Somebody say, I need the living water. So she threw down a bucket and, and the thing about it is that after Jesus prophesied over her life, it says the woman went into town. But you know what she went into town without? She didn't take her bucket with her. She left her bucket at the well because she understood to get what I want. I won't get it with that bucket. And I came to ask somebody today, what is your bucket? What is it that is not working for you? What is it the thing that you keep doing over and over, but it's not allowing you to tap into the living water? God said, I need you to pray a little harder. God said, I need you to have faith the size of a mustard seed. God said, I need you to draw closer to me. Draw me nearer, Lord. Draw me nearer, my God, to thee. Some of you need to spend a little more time in the morning giving God some prayer and praise because the bucket that you came with ain't satisfying your need. But Lord, give me the living water. Somebody say, Lord, give me the living water. If I have living water, I can have confidence in poor situations. I can have faith when everything around me is going wrong. I can have peace when in the middle of the storm, if you give me living water, then I won't need this bucket anymore. And the thing about it, when you get rid of that bucket and you lean on the Lord, 
you'll find out things that used to trip you up. Don't trip you up anymore. Situations that used to have you turning around. You can fly through that thing because they that wave them upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They can walk and not faint. I don't have to lose my mind if I shed a few tears because the word says my weeping may endure for the night. But somebody say joy. Somebody say joy. Coming in the morning, the thing that came to take my mind, it won't be able to take it. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him all my appointed time. I'm going to wait until my change comes. Somebody say, yeah. Put those hands together and give God Hallelujah. 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 This, this, this woman, she went through a difficult lesson at the well. And one of the things that she learned about herself is for us to get better, we have to reflect on what we're doing and realize when it's not working. Some of the things that we're doing, it's not working. This woman, she had to be faced with how she dealt with men. And, and basically, Jesus was saying to her, that's not working. That's not working. I was in the school setting on the past week or so, and I work with kids who have behavior issues. I was creating a plan for a student and then somebody in there who, where I was doing the training, they were like, I, I see this plan you've created and, and, that, and that's fine and good. I, I, I just don't see how it's gonna work. Why, I don't see the point of us implementing this plan. You know the question I asked them? I asked them, how is what you're doing right now working? How's what you're doing right now working? The fact that I'm here is a sign that what you're doing is not working. That's all Jesus was saying to her. Basically, you've had five husbands and, and you, you're shacking up right now, but how's that working for you? You still have anxiety. You're still depressed. You're still struggling with your own self-confidence. You still don't like yourself like you should. You have no confidence. You have no belief in yourself. And having all these men haven't changed that. It's not working. Let's try something that works. He said, you can draw from the well on bottom but I strongly suggest that you draw from the well on top I strongly suggest that you draw and get some of this some of this living water 
let me tell you something because people say this and, and I want you to get why they feel that way. When you depend on somebody to give you what Jesus can only give, you wear them out because you're trying to draw from something in them that they do not have. We talk about the woman, think about the men. Her husbands were probably frustrated too. Some of them probably like, I did the very best I could. But I still was not enough. It wasn't his fault. She was trying to draw from the wrong well. Trying to draw something from him that he did not have. It can be frustrating, but then you have those narcissists and manipulative people too. What happens is sometimes you need them more than you should because you haven't drawn from the right well. But when you get a little living water, point at your neighbor and say, when you get a little living water, you get a little living water, you don't need them. I wish I would talk to him. I'm talking on a level. I need you to come there with me. You don't need them like you used to need them. So then when you walk around like you don't need them, then they're like, what's wrong with you? You think you special. You think you think you better than folks. No, baby. Don't confuse. Let me say this right. Don't confuse loyalty and brokenness. I, I need you to get that in your spirit. If you get that, that's going to help you. Don't confuse loyalty and brokenness. Because some people stay around because they don't think they have any other options. They stick around because they don't think they deserve anything better. That's why women stay in an abusive relationship. They think that that's the best they can do. They don't think anybody wants them. The most, the most damaging part of those relationships is not as much the physical abuse, it's the emotional abuse. Because the person who's abusing has to keep telling them, you're not worth anything. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants you. It's just like African Americans who were slave enslaved. It wasn't just the physical captivity, it was the emotional captivity. They didn't want us to read because if we read something, then we might get hope. We might start realizing there's something better than this. So don't confuse somebody's brokenness with loyalty, and I want you to get this too. I don't want you to confuse somebody leaving for being healed. Because sometimes I, I, I'm not leaving you because I think I'm better than you. I'm leaving because I got healed. Oh, I wish I would get the. I was broken before, and you thought it was loyalty. But the reason I'm not around anymore is because I got healed. And now that I'm drawing from the right well, baby, I'm not leaning on you like I used to. I'm not depending on you. I, I don't need you to uphold my emotional and well-being well because this living water just keeps on churning on the inside. And it tells me I am who God says that I am. I, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm, I'm above and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me.
I'm no longer broken. I'm just healed. And my loyalty was confused with my brokenness. But now that I'm healed, I can stand on my own two feet because I've drank of God's living water. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for sending your healing. Thank you for sending your living water. Lord, that comes to heal us emotionally, comes to heal us spiritually, comes to change our minds, Lord. And if the devil is working against us, changing our minds, because when our minds get out, Lord, our bodies are also delivered. Lord, touch us on this week. Touch our hearts and touch our minds. Help us to recognize that our old bucket isn't working. But we don't need to draw from the natural water. But Lord, we need to draw from the spiritual water. And the closer we stay to you, Lord, the more that you'll provide all our needs according to your riches and glory. And we declare that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you live by faith, that you drink of God's living water. And I want you to live whole and healed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.